Hey everyone, welcome into another episode of the Subscription Web Design Podcast. Oh boy, am I excited about this episode. I want to talk to you about something that has been a game changer in my business. And it all starts with another of Mike Michalowicz's fantastic books. You guys know I'm a Mike Michalowicz fan. I love his book, Profit First. It has been transformational in the way that we think about our business finances. But he's wrote another book, and it's actually, he's on his second edition of it, I believe now, called Clockwork. And I love a good book about business systems and you know structural design to make sure that you're designing a, a business that works for you instead of that you are a slave to. There's lots of really good books about this. Clockwork is one of them. Um, uh, the E-Myth by Michael Gerber is another one that I'm you know, hugely in love with, and there's even more. So I love, oh, a newer one by Dan Martell called Buy Back Your Time. I haven't read that one yet, but I plan to. So lots of great books out there about how to build business systems that can actually propel your business forward. And I want to talk about a specific piece of this, what he talks about in his book, Clockwork, called The Queen Bee Roll, or the QBR for short. That's what we're going to talk about, the QBR, okay? The Queen Bee Roll. And so I want to give you just sort of a brief explanation of this. So the idea of clockwork is that, of course, as you might imagine, your business can run without you, okay? That's the goal. How do you, because otherwise you just have a job, right? Otherwise, you're a technician with a job. You don't actually own a, a, a business that will run independent of, of you. Now, I know some of you aren't wanting to go that far, and that's fine. The queen bee role still matters a lot, okay? Even if you want to do the solopreneur thing. But I just need you to understand that it's situated in the context of a program for how to actually get yourself out of that fulfillment and delivery work so that you can uh, actually have a life outside of your business. Um, I know that's important to many of you, and it's definitely important to me. So the queen bee role is sort of birthed out of this analogy of the queen bee in any given colony. The queen bee is the most important part of the colony. Without the queen, the colony falls. And because of this, every other worker bee in the colony, their goal is to protect and to serve the queen bee role. Now, if the queen herself goes away, then a new queen can be established, okay? So it's not necessarily about the person or about the individual. And it's not even necessarily about a specific job description, although oftentimes it, it, it could be, okay? It's more about the queen bee role, the role in your business that every employee is, and yourself, of course, is going to be protecting and serving to make sure that your business um, runs like clockwork, okay? And so, you might think that your queen bee role is web design, okay? Now, that would be logical. And let me explain why it would be logical, okay? It's tempting to think of the queen bee role as something that is core to the actual physical work that you're doing. And sometimes it is, okay? Sometimes it is. And how could a web design company have anything more core than website design. It's like, if we're not designing websites, we don't have a company. So website design is the queen bee role, right? Well, again, not necessarily, okay? Different businesses 
optimize for different things. I don't want to get ahead of myself. We're going to talk about that more in a minute, but it's important for now. Okay. Different businesses optimize for different things. And even though you have a web design business, the reality is there are a lot of web design businesses. And so if we all had the same queen bee role, then there would be no differentiation between your business and mine. Okay. So the queen bee role is not necessarily web design. In fact, I think it's probably not. Now, it's not as though there's an infinite range of possibilities that your queen bee role could be, um, but you could uh, define some measurable things to implement that could lead to your um, business taking off. For example, maybe the, clean, the, the, the queen bee role has to do with some sort of marketing activity that you do, okay? Maybe for you, the queen bee role is somebody has got to attend a local networking event each and every week in, in this business in order for it to survive because that is sort of like, if that happens, then everything else starts working. Kind of kind of like that fly flywheel concept almost, right? Uh, that I referred to a few episodes ago, okay? That's a way to think about it. But again, you don't have to think about it that way. So what is our queen bee role? At Northmax Services, the queen bee role in our business is radical over-communication. Radical over-communication. Why that? Why that? Well, uh, two main reasons. Number one, there's a huge opportunity in the world of web design because for some reason, ghosting is a huge problem. And you guys know this. You guys have probably had multiple phone calls with clients who've said, yeah, my last web designer, I can't get a hold of them. I don't know why that is. I have some thoughts on potentially why that I wrote a blog about on northmaxservices.com if you want to go find that. Um, but yeah, beyond that, it's, it's really puzzling to me why web designers continually ghost their clients. And so I thought, well, we have an opportunity from the business perspective that if we radically over-communicate and make sure that our clients always know and understand that we are there for them, then we're not going to have that problem, okay? They may leave because of bad service. They may leave because they don't like the designs we made for them or whatever, um, which they don't typically do, thank God. Um, you know, we have that dialed in. But but they're not they're not going to leave no matter what because we haven't communicated well. That's the goal, and we haven't always been great at that. We need to get better at it. And so, I established systems and processes. Even this week, I established a new system for making sure that clients are updated on active projects weekly, even if there's not a particularly um, exciting update to share. Okay, if there's an active project, we're updating clients weekly. Period. Okay, and. So the, the you can start to design different aspects of your business around this radical communication. Um, now, I, I mentioned that there were two things. So the first one was the idea of ghosting. The second one is, is that um, we like to be very descriptive in the work that we're doing with Loom videos and um, long text strings. We work asynchronously in Basecamp. And so we are very communicative with one another about the work that is happening. Um, but in a way that doesn't distract from the work, right? We don't do things in real time. Most of our communication is, um, in fact, almost all of it is entirely uh, asynchronous. And that allows us to be overly communicative as well and th more thoughtful and considered in the work that we're doing. So whatever Queen Bee role you choose to establish, and, and by the way, I know we can't go all in depth 
with it here in this podcast episode. But if you go check out Mike McAllister's book called Clockwork, again, highly recommend it. You'll learn some strategies for sort of figuring out what your queen bee role should be. Um, and also how to make sure to optimize for your QBR. Again, I mentioned it briefly earlier, but you can actually optimize your business for different outcomes, okay? So you can, um, uh, he gave the example of a lumber company. And I don't remember this specific example and I didn't read it before I was recording this. So um, I don't want to pretend to know something that I don't. But I'll just say this, it was very fascinating. Again, you would think it's a lumber company. Like, don't, like, shouldn't their queen bee role be like making lumber? <laughs> um, but it wasn't. It was something entirely different that was equally important and differentiated their business. And so because of that, with everybody working together to serve that queen bee role, then um, it made the business more effective and it affected downstream the amount of lumber that they could produce and, again, became more financially successful as a result. So you need to optimize and serve the QBR and make decisions in your business that allow the QBR to form that sort of central role, that that glue that sort of holds everything together and then, uh, by extension, compels everything forward, okay? Now, the final thing I want to talk about here, I mentioned it briefly again, but it is protecting the QBR. So again, in the book, he talks about protecting and serving the QBR, okay? So two uh, important roles. Serving, of course, is actually doing the work of the QBR. So we serve the QBR by making sure that we have systems and processes established that allow us to, to deliver on that promise of radical overcommunication. okay? And then when you protect the QBR, what you're doing there is making sure that nothing stands in the way of that QBR taking place. So practically, in my case, what might that look like? Well, it might look like having a plan for when my project manager is on vacation to make sure that I or someone else on my team is um, establishing that weekly communication with the client. That's just one small example of how you would protect the QBR. Basically, at all costs, you need that queen, uh, that queen bee role to keep working for you, okay? We can't fall off of whatever it is you're going to do. If you need to, if, you, if networking is your QBR, then you need to be networking. If communication, over-communication is your QBR, then you need to be communicating. And whatever you need to do, whatever you need to put in place, systems and processes and people and just whatever, to make sure that that QBR is protected and served, it will change the course of your business. So this is hugely important for any web design business, not just subscription web design businesses, but I'll tell you, this is something that has helped make my business what it is today. And I'm thankful for this understanding and putting this in place and getting my team on the same page with me on it. And it has changed everything for us. So I wanted to pass this along to you as something that could help you design your business well. Remember to check out subscriptionwebdesign.com. You could join our group coaching and mentorship program over there. And I'll catch you guys in the next episode of the podcast. Hey there, it's Steve, and I really hope you enjoyed this episode of the show. You know, one of the biggest questions that I get is, okay, Steve, I'm excited. I love this idea of subscription web design, but I have no clue where to get started. If that's you, go to subscriptionwebdesign.com right now, enter your best email address, and I'm going to send you an exclusive training that I did on the five models of subscription web design that will show you the options that are available to you and give you some things to think about on how to get started. And for a limited time, 
time, I'm going to include my contract template for subscription web design. I've been asked multiple times to provide this template, and it's usually only available to my paying students. It's a $100 value, but it's yours free. Just go to subscriptionwebdesign.com and enter your best email address there, and I'll send those right to you, as well as send you daily email tips from the trenches of running my agency. See you over there at subscriptionwebdesign.com.